Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Uh, go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1. I'm going to start a new series this morning entitled Possessing Your Vessel. Possessing Your Vessel. And we're not going to get into the full meat of this this morning. We're going to get into a good introductory teaching on this. Um, and then we'll get into it as we go more and more and more. After we do one other thing, you're not texting me, are you? Josh has my phone. <laughs> Come on up. We want to, I forgot about this, sorry. It's not in my notes. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to navigate this part. Well, every year we like to honor those who have graduated. We don't have any graduating seniors. We don't have any of that, but we do have a graduate in our midst. That's Miss Joy. Joy. So, Joy. <laughs> so. You can come up yeah. and get this. You don't have to open it in front of everybody. But Joy graduated from Bethel School of Worship just in July, the beginning of July here. So she put a lot of time in that. So, yes, we're excited about all the things God has in your future and now. Amen. Amen. So We honor you. Thanks. Bless you. <laughs> okay, First Thessalonians chapter 4, what we're going to do is we're going to get into a series called Possessing Your Vessel, and it's, uh, it's going to take on some twists and turns as it goes, but I really believe it's going to help you. This is going to tie into a message that every believer needs to understand in order to live a successful Christian life in this life. It's going to tie in, and we're going to touch on this this morning, a lot uh, more focused on spirit, soul, and body, the three parts of humanity. This is something that uh, most of the world doesn't recognize. How many of you know the world is really good at recognizing the body and the soul? But unless they have some sort of religious background, they really don't recognize the spirit. Um, and I want to just kind of go through this again and have you believe with me for utterance concerning these things. We can get a lot of answers to problems and situations that we're dealing with in our lives if we apply this message and see from the scripture what it says to us quickly and effectively in the kingdom. So there can actually be exponential spiritual growth in your life if you get a hold of this message and really begin to apply it to your day-to-day -day life. Not only in your understanding, but then in application of what is going to be taught here and through this morning and through this series. So we live in a culture today that is moving further and further away from truth. We know this from Scripture, and it's normal. A culture that tells us that truth is whatever a person thinks or feels. They call it my truth. How many have heard that before? Well, that's your truth, preacher, but this is my truth. I've heard this before, okay? And so we got to be aware of this. We live in a culture which biblically tells us it's going to move further and further away from truth. We need to be careful that we don't allow them moving away from truth to cause us to get into a place of spiritual, oh, what's going to happen? I'll put it to you like this. I heard a minister say this, and I thought it was really good. You know, the scripture talks about that before uh, Christ comes to rapture the church, that there will be more and more darkness. There will be more and more problems. There will be what the, what the scripture, scripture actually calls birth pains. Have, how many have heard of that? But how many realize this, that birth pains are not a sign of something bad? <laughs> They're a sign of something good. 
But is it painful? Well, I wouldn't know, but all the ladies said amen. So I'm sure it is, you know. I'm not going to go down a route there. I'm just going to stay away from that altogether. I'm, I'm not going there. All right. <laughs> that could be bad. I get myself in trouble quick. But birth pains are not, we don't, when, when a woman who's pregnant goes into birth pains and they're consistent and they're timed and all of that, we, we don't go into, oh no, it's terrible. What are we going to do? So why do we do that as Christians when the scripture says this stuff's going to happen? That's why Paul said, encourage one another with these words. He didn't say, look up how many earthquakes happen and then feel depressed. Which should be a rejoicing thing to us because we know that our, the scriptures that we follow, the word of God that was given to us, it reinforces by faith within us that the natural things that happen go point to this. Now, in all actuality, this points to the natural things that are happening. In other words, we should be comforted. Why? Because we know in advance and we're seeing what the Lord said would happen this many years ago. And so we should go, yep, Lord, you're right. Here we go. Yep, Lord. And people say, we're going to save the planet. Well, I got some bad news for you. <laughs> We're saved, but this planet is going to need a refurbish. You know? I mean, you can put all the filters you want on your cars, but the, camera, or the, the earth is still going to go under. It will. It's just going to. Okay? That's the nature of, of, of uh, the prince of the power of the air. As believers, we have been instructed and empowered to live, self, to live in self-control by the grace of God. Notice I say by the grace of God. Many believers, though sincere, have not learned to possess their vessels. When we are born again, our spirits are made brand new in the image of God. But we still have a mind and a body that need to be brought in under the control of the spirit man. In this series of teachings, we are going to share from the scriptures on what it means to possess your vessel. Through this series, we will see that God has provided his ability to live a stable Christian life, spirit, soul, and body. We need to realize that this, whole, that this world system is designed to tempt and stir up the desires of our flesh. We must understand those desires in order to recognize and control them. If you don't understand these, the, the desires of your flesh, then you will just think it is you. Okay? Now, the scripture talks about many voices being in the earth, and we need to be aware of them. And then we need to know from the scriptures where those voices are coming from. In order to be effective in spiritual battle, how many know you need to know who your enemy is? Okay? Because when uh, it was just like the word, I love the word that came forth through Mark concerning the dream that he had about condemnation. If condemnation is coming to you, in other words, uh, you, you feel this, oh, I'm not worthy, God doesn't love me, I've done so many things wrong, you need to recognize that's not a Holy Spirit voice. That's a mimicking spirit from the dark side. And in the face of that, if we, when you understand that, then you have the ability to combat that voice when you understand who you are in Christ and what God has done for you. You won't, you won't feel compelled. When you understand who you are in Christ, you don't feel compelled to submit to something that you weren't born to be. Did you hear that? 
I'm going to say it again. When you understand who you are in Christ, you don't feel compelled to submit to something that God has not created you. Listen to me. Already created you to be. Amen. Amen. So we need to be aware of that. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1. We're going to read through these eight verses, and then I'm going to uh, skip out of this passage and, and go into some teaching that we need to go into before we get into the meat of this. 1 Thessalonians, Thessalonians, easy for you to say. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1. I get it, Herb. I get it, wherever you're at. He was trying to say Thessalonians this morning in Bible study. Finally then, brethren... We urge and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more. Just as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God, for you know what commandments we gave you through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you read the whole context of 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, Paul didn't give a lot of rebuke to the Thessalonians. Now, the Corinthians, on the other hand, needed their rear ends whipped. But Thessalonians, Paul does a lot of, hey, you guys are doing good. A lot of times as believers, we can think, well, we've grown to this point. We're doing good. But what I notice in this passage through, through what the Holy Spirit said through Paul is that, hey, you're doing good, but you know there's more. There's more. He's saying, finally, brethren, he's saying, abound more and more. We urge you and we exhort in the Lord Jesus that you not only continue to walk the way you are, but abound in that walking. Abound. In... Let me ask you a question. The more you yield to the Lord, what do you think will happen in your natural life? The more you yield to the Spirit of God in the words that you speak and the way that you conduct yourself and the way that you handle your children and the way that you handle your spouse and the way that you handle your kids and the way that you handle your business, your grandkids, your employees, your employers, whatever the case may be, you realize that the more you walk in who you are in Christ, the fruitfulness of heaven will manifest in this life on a greater and greater level. Amen? And that's what Paul is saying here. He's saying, listen, abound more and more. We urge and exhort you in in the Lord Jesus, I like that, not just in yourself, but in the Lord Jesus, to abound in these commandments and follow and walk the way we do. Verse 3 says this, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from what? Sexual immorality. Now, we're going to get into, into more detail on this later on, but basically, everything outside of the biblical description of sexuality is sexual immorality. Okay, and, and this, is, this is the word fornication, and it means a lot of different things, but it covers everything you can think of that is involved in sexual activity that is outside the confines of marriage between one man and one woman. Okay, all right, so that doesn't make you popular on Facebook, but it, the word of God has not changed. Now, hear, hear me out. When it comes to these type of issues and these type of things, we need to be careful. I mean, you know, we, we joke around, we goof, but we, we need to be careful that we're not becoming cynical with truth. Because some people are genuinely involved in things that they shouldn't be, and they're bound by that thing, and they need deliverance. They need, what do you mean by deliverance? I don't mean they need the devil cast out of them. I mean that they need to receive Christ, or if they have received Christ, then they need to understand what and who they received so that they'll be able to live above sexual vices. Amen? Now, I, you know, everybody in this place has flesh. If you don't, we'll run a test after service. Just come up. I'll slap you clean across the face, and you just tell me if you feel like you have flesh or not. 
You know, some people think, oh, I'm so spiritual, I don't even know I have a body. I would like to run a test with you. <laughs> no, as long as we're on this earth, we're going to have to deal with this. Amen? But this is our earth suit. This is our body. It's not who we are. So he says this, abstain from sexual immorality. Watch verse 4. This is kind of the golden scripture here for this series. That each of you should know how to what? Possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. Now, a lot of Christians are trying to get everybody else to possess their finances. But what I see in this scripture is, is that we are commanded to possess our own our own. Now, this would be an ominous, uh, disappointing, probably discouraging and dis- depressing task if we didn't know who was in us. This truth that we're going to look at is the key to breaking addictions, to breaking sexual uh, addictions, physical addictions, uh, anger issues. Um, I mean, you name it. Whatever the flesh is dealing, whatever the flesh has in a desire is controllable through the resurrection of Jesus Christ within you. By the Spirit, you can forgive. You know, some people think, well, you know, I don't identify with this. I had a guy come up to me one time, this was years ago, and I was just sharing, I was real young in the Lord, and so I was sharing my testimony about things that God had delivered me from. And he came up to me afterwards, and he goes, you know, not everybody, Sean, dealt with everything you did. And I'm thinking, where's this going? (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm trying to figure out where it was going. Like, he took it personally that I was sharing my testimony, implying that that was his struggle as well. No, no, no. I'm just sharing where I came from. I'm not saying that's your problem, but I will say this. Through the years, I've noticed this. You may not have had the same struggles I did, but I guarantee you, you got flesh, and you had struggles. You know what I found about people, about certain people that are really nice to everybody? The moment somebody isn't nice to them, they get really offended. And do you know that's flesh and that's a sin? So you can run around and go, I'm a love, I love people, I just, I'm so sweet to people, I just love everybody. I just love every, can you believe how they treated me? (laughs) And that's just as much flesh as the guy who treated you the way he shouldn't have. I'm not saying it makes it okay. I'm just saying that there are all sides of this flesh issue that we need to understand and deal with. Amen? So we're not supposed to hold, we're not supposed to possess our vessel uh, in a way in verse 5 says, not in passionate of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God. Notice the key there is they don't know God. That no one should take advantage of or defraud his brother in this matter because the Lord is the avenger of all such. As we also forewarned you and testified. For God did not call us to uncleanness but in holiness. Therefore he who rejects this does not reject man but God who has also given us his Holy Spirit. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse number 23. Let's go there and look at the threefold nature of man. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse number 23 says this. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole what? Spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to read a passage to you from a book, The Threefold Nature of Man by Brother Hagin, but I want you to do this with me. Say this after me. Say, I am a spirit. I possess a soul, and I live in a body. 
Say this with me. I am not a body. You are not a body. You are a spirit inside this body. And you're looking out through eyeballs, and we might call them windows. You are a spirit. You possess a soul. What does that mean? You have mind, will, and emotions. And you live in a body. You live in a body. A lot of people, and this is what I want you to be aware of through this series, I'm a spirit first. And actually, Mark mentioned this verse this morning, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. And all things are of God. Let me ask you a question. Is God condemned or depressed? Neither are you. It's just we need you to, we need to grow in the area of possessing our bodies and our minds and, and holding them in line with who we are, the spirit man on the inside. Do you know, in all actuality, the moment you receive Christ, you received his level of joy? Do you think Jesus ever has a bad day? Do you think he wakes up, if he did go to sleep? <laughs> Do you think he wakes up and he's like, like her, Herb shared this morning, you know, he had a really good time in a service one time and, and woke up the next morning and was just like, huh, man, kind of down for no reason. Nothing had changed. How many have noticed your body's that dumb? <laughs> Am I the only one? It's like, why do I feel like this? See, this is where faith kicks in. No, body, you're not going to tell me how to live today. Nope, joy of the Lord is my strength. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? So you're, you have a spirit, you are a spirit, you possess a soul and you live in a body. Brother Hagin said this, after much prayer and study over a long period of time, I arrived at my conclusions on the three dimensions of man in this way. I knew without argument that with the physical body we contact the world. How many were very aware of that from the time we're born? The body deals in the physical realm. No one will dispute that. Then as I studied, I saw that it is the spirit of man that contacts God. For God is a spirit. Only a spirit could contact a spirit. Do you fellowship with a cow? Now, our world wants us to think we're going to be able to, They're going to keep pushing this way. You do understand. You know, have you ever seen the videos, different ones on YouTube or whatever? You know, somebody has like a cow for a pet, and they call it their child, their baby, Listen, I know you guys have dogs and cats and you call them your kids, but I'm against it. You can post whatever you want on Facebook. I don't care. You don't have to change. I'm just telling you me. I am sorry. My kids are not dogs. And people say, well, I love my dog. I love my dog. I don't doubt it. I'm for your dog. God bless your dog. I'm for all of that, okay? If you, God gave us these animals and pets, they're for, our, for us to richly enjoy, like the scripture says. But they will never be human. Never. And people say, well, do you think they go to heaven and we get in heaven when we die? I have no idea. But I will tell you this, if you're able to be depressed in heaven without your dog from earth, something went wrong. Okay, just had to get that off my chest. Okay, so. (laughs) 
I grew up with cats and dogs. You know, I, have a, I know a minister who, who preached that no, no animals go to heaven. That's what he preached. He taught that. And his, his, uh, he was asking his congregation one day, he was saying, you don't, he was talking about being in a church and that you don't agree with everything that's taught all the time, okay? I heard George Bush say this one time. He didn't even agree with himself at times. I thought, I think I've seen that in some of your policies. But anyway, so <laughs> he, he, would, he was teaching, and, and, and he said, he asked his congregation, he said, there's got to be something that he was teaching on a Wednesday night at Bible study. He said, there's got to be something that you've disagreed with me on concerning what I've taught. And people said, oh, yeah. And he's like, okay, share it. And all these ladies raised their hand, and you, you said our dogs and cats don't go to heaven. And do you know what that congregation did? They bought him a bunch of copies of All Dogs Go to Heaven. <laughs> I mean, my goodness. That is fun. Don't send me that movie. I w- <laughs> a spirit can only contact a spirit. You don't contact God with your flesh. You contact him with you, the spirit man on the inside. That's the part of you that changed when you were born again. Nicodemus, being natural, could only naturally think naturally. So he said, how can a man be born again? This is in John 3, 7, when he is old. Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus answered, that which is born of the flesh is... But, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. You were born of the spirit, not of the flesh. I mean, you were born of the flesh, you're here, but you understand what I'm saying. When you were born again, you were born of the Spirit. That's why you're frustrated sometimes with your relationship with God, because you're trying to contact Him with the intellect and the body, and He's saying, I'm here. I'm on the inside. I'm in the Spirit. I'm in the Spirit. Then I decided to go through the entire New Testament, this is still Brother Higgins, seeing what Paul and other apostles said on this subject. I found where Paul said in Romans 2, 28 and 29, for he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, neither is, the cir- is that circumcision which is, the, which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew which is one what? Inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart. In the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. Paul was saying here that the spirit is the heart. So what does that mean? How many here, again, are born again? That means you're a Jew. Welcome to the family. Amen? Now, people say, well, does that do away with the natural lineage of the Jews? No. But this is what Paul is revealing here. Being a child of God, a covenant partner with God, comes by the Spirit, not by the flesh. Amen? Not by the flesh. So then in 1 Corinthians 14, 14, we read, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays. Wow. What prays? Your spirit prays. This is why people have problems with tongues. Because they're trying to figure it out here and trying to understand it here. When it's only understood here. Amen? The Amplified says it this way. My spirit, by the Holy Spirit within me, prays. <laughs> Boy, I, when I found that verse, I'm like, I use it all the time when I'm praying in the spirit. So he uses, notice what Paul does in these verses. And this is 1 Corinthians 14, 14. 
But he uses interchangeably, and verse 18, my spirit and I are interchangeable. My spirit and I. In other words, Paul identified himself where? In the spirit, not in the natural. Amen? Okay, so just a couple of other verses here. And just overall, you can put this down in your notes. Spirit is the dimension of man which deals with the spiritual realm. It's the part of man that knows God. Spirit, you, your spirit, you, is the dimension of you or man or mankind which deals with the spiritual realm. How many know there's a spiritual realm? It's the part of mankind that knows God. You did, when you gave your heart to Jesus, it wasn't your head that was convinced. Because how many know that the gospel is foolishness to the head? It is. It's foolishness. The natural mind doesn't receive the gospel. The heart does. And then as you grow in your relationship with God, the heart teaches the mind. That's the process. You know, people are like, well, I'll follow God when I understand Him with my mind. Your mind would explode. God gave you a revelation of who he is in the nat- just in your natural mind, your mind would melt. You can't handle that. Your spirit is geared to receive Christ and the resurrection. And then the Holy Spirit, through the word of God, transforms the thinker. Amen? The soul, the soul, remember spirit, soul, body, the soul is the dimension of man which deals with the mental realm, man's intellect the sensibilities and will, the part that reasons and thinks. This also includes our emotions as well. The body is the dimension of man which deals with the physical realm. That's easy. We all got that one down pat. How many got out of bed this morning and went, oh? You had a conversation with your body in the natural realm. (laughs) And you were actually biblical. Because the Bible says all of creation groans. <laughs> oh, man. The Bible is so funny. All right. <laughs> let, me, let me repeat the soul again just in case you missed part of that because that was a longer one. The dimensions, the soul is the dimension of mankind which deals with the mental realm, man's intellect, the sensibilities and the will. The part that reasons and thinks, and this also includes our emotions as well. Our emotions as well. All right, let's look at another scripture, Hebrews 4.12, and then one after that, and then we'll be done. Hebrews 4.12, that separates out. This deals with the mind or the soul and the spirit. Hebrews 4.12. The word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and what? Spirit, if they're not separate, why are they separated? Because they're separate. People say, well, they, they feel really close. Well, the spirit and soul interact pretty tight. Because watch, we'll look at this. Division of, he says, the division of soul and spirit, and then he says, and of what? Joints and marrow, and as a d- discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So when you think about your heart, now you need to, when you're reading heart in, in the scriptures, you need to look in context of what's being said to know, is this spirit or is this soul or is this both? In this verse, the heart is the spirit and the soul. 
When you die, does your soul stay in the grave? Goes with you, right? Because your spirit goes. And they're what? They're close. This is why I can pray in the spirit over someone's life that's close to me naturally, and I can miss God because I can hear my soul instead of what the Holy Spirit's saying to my spirit. It's good. It's good to know, isn't it? Okay? I can miss it because I can be, I can be so emotionally engaged in the soul realm, in this person's dilemma because they're close to me that I can miss hearing what God has said to me. And that's where I need the word of God to do what? Cut. Amen? So, there is a clear distinction here between the soul and the spirit. Division means separation and partition. That's what it means. Understanding this separation gives us the ability of soul and spirit, to break down the circumstances and voices that are speaking in our lives to discern what is God, the flesh or the natural, the soul or the mind, will, and emotions, and what is the enemy. Understanding the word of God. Let's look at another scripture here and then we'll quit. We'll, we're, we'll actually come back to these probably next week. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6. This is the main thing I want you to get this week, and you can take it with you and meditate it, think about it, uh, study it yourself, look at it, ask the Lord to give you revelation on it. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6. And what we're looking at is, you are a spirit, you possess a soul, and you live in a body. And what you're going to find out is, your spirit should be the focal point. You, who you are in Christ, should be the focal point of your Christian walk. The focal point, because from that place, everything else can be brought into alignment in your life concerning you. Amen? Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6. I know that's a big statement, but I'm not just blowing smoke. I'm telling you, this is where it starts. This is where it starts. Second Corinthians 5, verse 6 says, so we are always confident knowing that while we are what? At home in the what? Let me ask you, how many people here have a place to live? Do you call that your home or yourself? So your body is just a home. I'm not going to go take a nap this afternoon and be inside my house and go, I'm in me. I'm going to go take a nap in me. (laughs) No, I take a nap inside my house inside my bedroom on my bed, right? That's not me. Those are the building that I live within. It's the same with this natural body. This is not me. You can look at, oh, that's Sean. Actually, you've never really seen me. Actually, the disciples never really saw Jesus until the Mount of Transfiguration. When he let his insides get on the outside. And they said he was like lightning. And guess what you look like on the inside? Lightning. See, if we can get our minds in line with the the nature of God within us, we will dominate in our worlds. Because who do you think you are inside? just an old sinner saved by grace. There is no scripture for that if you're born again. 
None. You are not an old sinner. If you're not saved, if you're an old sinner, then you're not saved. When you receive Christ, you're a new creation. Everything old is. So if I said to you, my dad passed away, what would you know? He's not here, which means your old self is what? It's no longer here. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of His dear Son. You've been made brand new. You've been made in the image and likeness of Christ Himself. If you have not identified in Christ with who He is, then you're not born again. Then you need Him. But what we do is we short-circuit the resurrection within us by believing natural things about ourselves rather than spiritual truths. How many know it takes faith to say, I'm righteous in Christ? Because your natural head and the devil and your flesh will go, oh, oh, I know what you did just last week. You ate half the chocolate cake straight out of the fridge. There's no way righteousness would do that in one sitting. <laughs> but you're not righteous by your works. How many righteous works did you do to get saved? So why are now your sins all of a sudden eliminating the righteousness that you didn't earn? Hmm? Verse 7, sorry, I'm going to read verse 6 again. So we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. How many know we're absent from the Lord in his actual presence right now? We know he lives in us. Verse 7, for we walk by what? Faith and not by sight. But really, most Christians should read that scripture as we walk by sight and not by faith. And I, don't, I want to change that. Not only in my own life, but I want to see it change in people's too, Amen. Paul, Paul says this, we are confident, yes, well-pleased, rather to be absent from the... Notice he calls it his body. He doesn't call it himself. And to be present with the what? Lord. There's a separation. So we see from 2 Corinthians 5, 6, and 7. We see from Hebrews 4, 12. We see from 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 that what? We are a spirit, we possess a soul, and we live in a body. Amen? Why don't you stand with me, please? Altar care workers, if you'll come, I just want to pray over us. If, if there's anybody in here today and you don't know the Lord, you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, which I don't have time to go into in detail right now, but you need that gift desperately. Um, if you're not born again, or if you just need general prayer, like maybe it didn't get covered in the service today, we have altar care workers up here on both sides for that. If you're watching by live stream and you need prayer, you can message us and uh, we'll get a hold of you regarding any prayer requests that you have. Did you get anything from the Lord today? Amen. Did you enjoy his presence? Amen. Gifts of the spirit. I love it. And his word. How many know we walk by the word, not by feeling? Okay, we're not going to walk. Don't let your external circumstances dictate how your week's going to go. Amen. Live from in here out. Amen. Father God, we just come before you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for this service. We thank you for your presence in this place. Lord, we thank you for bondages that were removed. We thank you, Lord, that you ministered life to bodies, physical bodies. 
We thank you, Father, that you are so good to us. Lord, we thank you for this written word that we just studied and looked at. Now, Holy Spirit, we've received it into ourselves. We thank you that it's transforming the way we think and how we see ourselves and see you and this world around us. Lord, we will be spiritually minded, which is life and peace, not carnally minded, which is death. We won't participate in that death. So this week, Lord, we purpose by your grace within us to be doers of your word and not hearers only. And we thank you that as you help us, we know we will succeed and continue to move forward. Lord, we fully acknowledge that even if we do miss it, you don't reject us because of our mistakes. We are accepted in Christ. We are accepted in you. And we bless your holy name. And I bless your people in the name of Jesus. Everybody said, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.